from the White Letter Production Studios in Los Angeles, California. I'm Ellie Unger-Sargon, and this is The Cut Podcast. Okay, so thank you all so much for coming out. I really appreciate it. I know it's... uh, September the 11th, and uh, actually 10 years ago to the day I was in Joplin, Missouri. You always ask where you were on September 11th. It just so happens I was in this state with my wife uh, coming back from a a long road trip uh, on our way back to Chicago. Um, So uh, it's kind of crazy that it's been 10 years. Uh, But thank you so much for coming out. Um, We're going to show my film Cut Tonight. And I'm very excited to to share that with you. It's a 70-minute documentary. It's my first feature-length documentary. And um, after we we show the film, we'll have a question-and-answer session. And um, that will be followed by uh, sales of the DVD. So without further ado, I'd like to present my film Cut, Slicing Through the Myths of Circumcision. And I look forward to the conversation afterwards. Thanks so much for coming. All right, great. So um, we're going to jump into the question and answer session here. And uh, but just a second before that we do that, I want to thank Sharon for her uh, brave work in trying to get the word out about this. Um, so having said that, uh, and also I, I, of course, should thank the whole network for making this, this whole tour possible. Um, and so let's jump into questions and answers. Well, with that, thank you for even producing the film. Um, I'm a mom of 16-year-old boys who were circumcised. And five years later, began to have some urological issues that resulted in surgery uh, requiring meadonomy is what it was, reopening of the glands. And upon asking the doctor, why, why did this happen? Twins, same time, what could be the physiologically physiological answer behind this, he said, honestly, circumcision. He said that the body is naturally attempting to regrow that foreskin from where it was connected. (laughs) At which point I said, I did this? And he said, well, technically you made this decision to do that, um, to have this procedure done to your children. Um, And he he's obviously a urologist. He was not pro-circumcision. Um, pretty much told me go home and research in case you have future children, you know, just to see what this process was. So I thank you immensely for bringing this to the forefront and kind of making it nuclear uh, so that we can get this out there. But with that, what brought you to decide to make this film? So to understand why I got into this, um, I have to take you back to when I was a teenager. I was living in Israel with my family at the time. and. You know, I was starting to think critically about a number of um, Jewish practices and Jewish realities. Um, I grew up in a religious background. Um, and the event that, um, that really got me to think critically about circumcision was I was uh, at my first cousin's bris, and it was a small family affair, and I was given the honor, it's a very big honor, of being the sandik, the person who holds the baby during the birth, and it was that experience, being in that kind of proximity to the event, which I had never done before, and seeing some of the um, you know, particulars of 
the of the ritual, including and especially mitzitza bupeh, the direct oral to genital suction after the cut. Um, that really got me thinking critically about it. I then later uh, attended medical school, as, as you saw in the film, for three years and um, started uh, picking up some tools for looking at um, scientific papers and sort of understanding data a little bit better. Um, and so I was then sort of looking at the health benefit claims. Uh, and then when I left medical school to become a filmmaker, it, it struck me that this would make a really powerful film. So that's, that was my journey. Can you say meatotomy, or, or that's the way I... Well, that is very interesting. This is, I've just learned something new. Um, I have five children, three boys. My first one was a boy. I was 20 years old when my first boy was born. I was 40 when my last boy was born. And the first boy, they, in the hospital, they said, um, do you want the baby circumcised? I had no idea what it was. Naive, yes. Had no idea. I'm like, what, what are they talking about, you know? Well, you know, everybody does it. That's where they cut the baby's penis to look like that. I thought every boy was born that way. I was so naive, so stupid. This is the first time I've ever seen a baby circumcised, and I was crying, and it's horrible. I never let my children cry, not once. I know people do. They'll let them cry to sleep. Never. And to know that I put my ball three boys because you know, let them go through that. It disgusts me. It disgusts me that the medical community allows it and says it doesn't hurt and says it's okay. It disgusts me. And of course, by my third one, I was in the Leche League. I was a Leche League leader and I nursed every one of my children. Did read up on that, did know about that, that that was the only way you should feed your child. So finally, by the third boy, somebody gave me a paper this thick about why you should not circumcise, but I was like everybody else who's still doing it. When my other two boys are, I have to do the third one, you know. But to know now about everything that I just learned, and I have been inundated with this because my daughter is an intactivist, and she's the one that sent me here. She lives in San Francisco right now, but she just moved there. She was in Washington, D.C. She had a home birth, you know, she's very smart, she's a nurse. She was a pediatric um, intensive care nurse and she traveled, very smart girl and she constantly educating herself and she got onto this and, and has educated, trying to educate the whole family. She said, please mom, go tonight. I know St. Louis is a backward city, nobody's gonna go. She told me that, you know, she said, go get Mrs. Deal, my next door neighbor, to go. She's a nurse, a pediatric nurse practitioner. Get her to go. You know, um, she's intelligent. Get her to go if you can. Try to get some other people. But again, can't get people out at night. But to know, and, and this is the other thing. We are getting back to nature in our lives. And okay, we try to eat more natural. All this processing, all this stuff, so unhealthy. This is the way your body was made. There is no reason to change it. There is no reason to change it. And shame on us that, well, but we don't know. You know, like I said, my third one, I just thought, oh, I did the other two, I have to. But had I seen a circumcision? Had I really thought about it more? You know, and again, that was, that was almost 20 years ago, you know, when that one, that child was born. So again, I'm just so much different. And I had to have my middle daughter teach me this thing. So bravo to you, bravo to you. And maybe someday we will grow up <laughs> as a culture
and listen to the rest of the world. We already are such a, you know, a country that just thinks we're entitled and, you know, other people live simply, but we, we have to do what we have to do and we think we're okay because we are great, you know. So thank you, you know, thank you. And I'm so glad my daughter had me come here. I'm so glad. <laughs> so, anybody else? <laughs> yeah, anyway. In searching for people for you to talk with, the rabbis and the other professionals, what type of resistance did you encounter? So interestingly, in the making of the film, um, not so much resistance. I, I think, you know, people would be sort of curious, oh, you want to talk about that? Okay, sure. Um, and I think the hardest thing in the film was getting an actual circumcision. That was tough. Uh, the film took me 18 months to make, and it wasn't until the last months of production that I actually... I went to four or five families, and I would approach them through Mohels, different Mohels. And um, the Mohels were always fine with it. It was always the family's permission that was not forthcoming. And finally, we got a family at the very end of the process. Um, that was tough. But getting people to talk wasn't so difficult. Um, the challenge has really been, now that the film is made, getting people to see the film. And there are, I mean, there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, some of which, you know, I'm starting to really get a handle on, and some of which I'm still not entirely sure about. You, I hear stories, you know, about screenings that were supposed to happen for this tour that got canceled due to enormous amounts of pressure from organized communities and um, so there are there are things going on that I'm not entirely um, uh, that I, don't, I don't entirely understand um, and it's you know it's tough because this is my first film <laughs> um, so you know it's it's hard not to take it personally but I learned early on not to um, and you know I'm I feel very strongly that I, I made a good film um, and the fact that we're going to 30 cities now is a really big deal. I can tell you that that was not possible when the film was finished in 2007 because we tried. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm optimistic. I think um, that's an indication that something has shifted. There's some other indications um, that things are shifting a little bit. Uh, but yeah, the challenge has really been um, getting people to agree to screen or to, to come to or to watch the movie because um, it's very easy to just say no. And, uh, you know, frankly that uh, sort of minimizes uh, uh, sort of exposure to criticism and it's the path of least resistance. So, um, I'm not really going to ask a question. I'm just going to tell you to be hopeful because I've been a nurse practitioner for over 30 years, probably 33 years. And I would say within the last five years, I'm seeing more and more uncircumcised children. So I do think that knowledge is out there and people are heeding the message. That's encouraging. You still might have a, I mean, I, I don't have a, a large Jewish population, but with the strong cultural and religious symbolism that Judaism has with circumcision, 
I wish you luck on that. I mean, Christianity just puts water over the head, and that's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, a big reason that people give for circumcision, um, I think the number one reason is that he'll look like the dad, and then the number two reason is um, the shame issue so that he won't look, feel different from other people in the locker room. And the fact that that's changing, the fact that there has been a steady decline. Now, there are lots of reasons for it. Um, part of it has to do with uh, Medicaid defunding the practice in, I think it's 17 states now, is that right? Um, that certainly has something to do with it. Um, shifting ethnic populations, um, sort of the, it's not such a popular procedure among Latinos and um, there have been uh, Asians that have been coming into the country also that it's not part of their, their culture. Um, but the fact that we are approaching that magical 50% mark. And I, it's, it's hard to get a read on the figures, but my best guess about where we're at right now, based on all of the data that I've looked at, is nationwide we're sort of near 54% right now. Um, and that's, that's a big deal. Because if the trend continues, if the vector continues in the direction that it's going, what that means is that in a few years, most baby boys being born in this country won't be circumcised, and that generation will grow up with that sort of being the norm. Yeah. And that, that argument will no longer hold weight, neither the, the argument that he's going to look like dad, nor the argument that he would be ashamed. And, you know, of course if you actually sit down and think about it, those arguments aren't particularly strong in favor of the procedure anyhow. I, I mean, I don't think that they are. But um, but they will lose the popular support that they have now also. As a pediatric practitioner, I think what the turning point was in pediatrics was the AAP position statement that there was no medical reason for circumcision. And so I think if you talk to most pediatricians and pediatric providers, we would not be for it. But the problem enters into most decisions are made in the hospital and the obstetri obstetricians are the ones who are doing the circumcision. I mean, I think that's, that's an important point. Um, the American Academy of Pediatrics position their 1999 statement, which was the, the, the one in which they said that, you know, that there's no sort of, there are potential medical benefits, but not enough to recommend a routine uh, practice. Um, it's, it's a very interesting statement, because in many ways it's political, and their task force has always been very sensitive to these political issues. Um, the thing, it, it falls short for me, because I don't think that this is, from an ethical perspective, a decision that should be left up to parents. And I don't think that physicians should be empowering parents to make this decision because I think it's very clear ethically that this is the kind of decision an individual has the right to make for themselves. Um, I don't think this falls under the purview of, especially if we all admit, and the American Academy of Pediatrics certainly admits that this is not a necessary procedure. If it's not a necessary procedure, then there's no rational reason why the decision shouldn't be left up to the individual. 
Uh, I just wanted to say, as a former Little H.A. League leader, we have conventions. Have you tried to get your movie to any of those or you can't do it? And one more thing, my son had a miototomy. I forgot to say that. My oldest one. And now I know why. Now I know why. He was a baby. He was, I mean, he was like eight months old. And uh, he was having trouble with the stream. That's exactly what that was. It was trying to grow back like, it, like it's supposed to. Uh, La Leche League is a tough call. They will not take a stance on it. Oh. So. It was just an individuals at a meeting. Of course. The, it, it's most often the members are, are accepting and open-minded to listen to it, but La Leche as a whole will not take it on and, and, and give a position on it. There you go. My other question. In your discussion with folks, obstetricians, did you... Did you have any that said, absolutely not, I don't do this? Did you find that along the way? No. I didn't speak to a lot of OBs, but um, I have spoken to a number of physicians, and I've spoken to a number of doctors. You saw a couple of the ones that I spoke to that, that were included in the film. And this was, I have to say, this was shocking to me, and it's along the lines of what we were talking about with the American Academy of Pediatrics. I don't under, like, they didn't, it's, it's almost as if they didn't understand that there was a problem here. And, it, it, like, you could hear me when I was talking to the pediatric urologist how I was kind of, like, shocked. And I was sort of like, okay, so what you're telling me is that you're, 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 you're doing this. It's completely unnecessary. You accept that it's completely unnecessary. You accept that this is just, you know, some issue of choice of the parents. And yet you're putting... I mean, and, and this has to be said, they're putting babies at risk. There are a certain number of babies that die from this every year. It's very hard to know exactly what the, what the number is. Some people have put estimates at, I think the, I read an estimate at 117 babies die every year from circumcisions or circumcision-related complications. I don't know about that figure. I think it would be safe to say that dozens of babies die every year from circumcision-related complications. Die. Not to mention meatitis, not to mention skin bridges, not to mention, um, you know, buried penis and all of the, the, the complications that come along with it. And you talk to physicians and these are smart people. I mean, they're not dumb people. And you're sort of sitting there and, and, and they're telling you this. And what's going through my mind is, and why do you agree to do this? Well, the easy answer is money. I know that in the intactivist world, a lot of people do feel that it's it's financial. It's I've heard numbers ranging from forty dollars out of pocket to three hundred out of pocket if insurance doesn't cover, which is becoming more and more com you know commonplace that insurance doesn't cover it. So could it be the the financials behind the procedure? So so here's my take on that. I and I I want to recognize the fact that there is a financial incentive and that there is an industry around this, um, both the procedure, um, the implements, and um, what happens to the foreskin after it's cut off. Yes, that's all true. I don't put a lot of weight in that. I feel that this is a cultural practice that has embedded itself on such a deep and primal level that we need to look at it from that perspective, that that's really what's going on here. And, and actually, it becomes much more interesting also when you talk about it that way as opposed to just something. I'm sure the financial incentive plays some role. I just don't think that that's what it's really about. And I don't think that people would get so emotional about this if that's all that was going on. You know, that would just be, okay, so these doctors are trying to make money. No, no, no. 
when you talk to people about circumcision, this is something, um, it gets people upset. It gets people riled up. Um, and that happens in all sorts of, I mean, it's a charged issue. And when you have a charged issue, it usually means that there's, there's something going on there. And it's something primal, it's something cultural, it's something psychological. And of course, it's the organ of sex, and that sort of just compounds the whole thing. Yeah. Should we take one more uh, comment or question? And uh... Speaking of the cultural aspect of it, you, you bring up a lot of your own familial concerns in it. How is it for you to watch this m movie that you've created and your conversations with your father, and then have everyone else see what seems to be a bit of a conflict occurring in your family. How, how does that affect you on this tour? So it's, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's a very personal film and I didn't know it was going to be that when I started making it, if that makes sense. Um, this happens a lot, uh, especially in documentary film. You don't really know exactly what direction the film is going to take. And it, it just, it felt right to me that it, it should be a personal film. The one that I'm working on now, People Without a Land, isn't quite so personal, although it has personal elements in it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's... it's I, I'm very proud of my family members in this film. I think um, my father is uh, demonstrates an enormous amount of humanity. Um, and, even, and he's been very supportive. Um, he's participated in a number of panel discussions, and um, he's just very supportive in general of, of me and of this project, um, even though there's a, a clear social cost to being supportive of, of my work on this issue. Uh, my brother, I think, is, is a great addition to the film, um, and since participating it has actually become a strident opponent of, of circumcision. I wouldn't call him an activist that's not really his style but um he's he uh, he tells people about it and he's firmly against this and i don't think he would do it if if he were to have a boy at this point um so yeah I, i'm really proud of them my mother's absence is is felt um you know she's uh she refused to participate um she's very ashamed of the project and of my work on this issue and number of other issues too um but uh yeah i mean it's it, it is what it is and um i think the personal and familial add to the the art as opposed to detract from it that's my feeling well thanks again so much for coming out i really appreciate it brave people <laughs> and uh so that's it for the Q&A. Thanks. That's our show. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email them to us at cutdocumentary at gmail.com. And if you like what you've heard today, please support us by buying our film at www.cutthefilm.com. 